0: the seaport even from the seats in the upper decks you can see the seashore tailgate function with the cornea aside, just walk from the tribal building for the padres i'm on it yeah because for the 619 we'll knock you down anything for the brown put it on the town started back rocking the brown ever since we've been knocking them down baby says you want to go to the game to the game taught her how to say padre game What's up everybody, welcome to episode 255 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. I'm your host, Ben Fadden. Uh, Padres, they had the day off today, series tied at one NLCS. I wasn't expecting to do this episode today. I didn't even know that Rawlings was releasing their Gold Glove nominations, their Gold Glove finalists for this year, but they did release them today and it's pretty much a joke. Uh, Congratulations to Jake Cronenworth, He's a finalist for second base. Congratulations to Juan Soto. He's a finalist in right field. Congratulations to Hassan Kim. He's a finalist at shortstop. And congratulations to Trent Grisham for being a finalist in center field. Um, but Manny Machado and Jureks and Profar were not even finalists for their positions. Manny Machado, his strength, one of his strengths an MVP this year, One of his strengths is his defense. He makes things look so easy. Greg Garcia, former Padre, former Manny Machado teammate, was on this show this season talking about how easy Manny makes it. He's just that much better than everyone else. He's just not even a nominee on this finalist Rawlings gold glove list here. Jerks and Profar, by far led left fielders in assists this year. Tremendous defense. He totally stepped that defense up this year. Not even a finalist. And there's a lot of people on Twitter that are pissed off about Manny Machado not being a finalist and Jerks' profile. It's more Manny because Manny's the bigger name, and it's obvious. It's just he just the eye test. He is a Gold Glove finalist. You know, it's it's obvious he should be. Um, so more people were frustrated with that. You know, he's the MVP. He's the bigger name. But instead of just saying, you know, what the F and how is he not, uh, excuse me, how is he not a gold glove finalist, let me go through actual numbers and make the case, and it's an easy case, I think, just make the easy case for why Manny should be a finalist, that the voters got this wrong, and why Profar should be a finalist. I, I did see the numbers, the defensive index or whatever it's called, uh, and Manny Machado ranks low on that for third baseman. I didn't see the profar one. But can some does someone have a definition of what that defensive player index even means? I don't even know what it means or how it's calculated. So to use that stat doesn't make sense. And just, again, looking at the eye test, you're telling me that Manny Machado is not more deserving of the gold glove or at least a gold glove nomination than Ryan McMahon or Cabrian Hayes? Like, come on. Give me a break. Uh, Jeffrey in the comments here says, definite joke for Manny and Profar to not be on it. Hosmer's struggles hurt Manny, though. I don't know. I mean, were there some errors that were given to Manny instead of Hosmer? Maybe, because Hosmer couldn't pick the ball or something. Maybe. But even with that, he should still be a Gold Glove finalist. It's just a joke that he's not, to be honest. Um, Let's look at the numbers here. So I'm going to compare Manny to the three third-base finalists. And then we'll get to Profar in left field. So the three third-base finalists were Nolan Arenado. Obviously, it's like the Nolan Arenado award. Ryan McMahon of the Rockies. And then Cabrian Hayes from the Pirates. So it doesn't have anything to do with who's on the better team, clearly, because the Pirates and Rockies guys are on it. It's just the players' numbers, which I think show that Manny should be more deserving than at least one of these guys, definitely. Nolan, okay, he's a finalist. You can put him on as a finalist every year. I understand he is great. I still think that Manny's the best third baseman in the league, but I'm biased. Cardinals fans are going to think Nolan... Maybe the average fan's going to think Nolan because maybe they don't like Manny or they just see Nolan winning the gold glove every year. So, okay, Aaron Otto's a finalist. That's obvious. But let's compare, I'm going to compare games, put-outs, assists, errors, fielding percentage, outs above average, outs above average success rate, uh, the attempts that they had, and defensive war. I'm going to compare them with McMahon and Hayes. I can compare it with Nolan, too. I have those stats written down, but he's a finalist. We already agree on that. So, I'm going to just compare Manny with McMahon and Hayes here. So, Manny has more games played than Hayes, 134 to 133, and McMahon has 145 games played. Putouts, Manny has 93 putouts more than Ryan McMahon. He has 88. Assists, doesn't have more assists than McMahon or Hayes, but you can't really control that, like if the balls hit to you, you can control that um fielding percentage he has a higher fielding percentage at third base this year than Ryan McMahon had. McMahon's was nine fifty three Manny's was nine sixty six outs above average. look, I don't even know how they compute that, but he has eight McMahon has ten Hayes has eighteen. That's hard to imagine that Hayes has that many more outs above average than Manny, but okay. Uh, outs above average success rate. McMahon's is the same as Manny, 70%. Um, Cabrian Hayes is 73%. Attempts, 386 for Manny, 456 for McMahon, 536 for Hayes. So he they've gotten a lot more attempts uh, than Manny, according to, I think it was baseball reference that I was looking at. But again, you can't really control the attempts that you have. Defensive war, again, I, I don't really understand how Manny's defensive war, according to baseball reference this year, was zero. That's what it says. It says that Ryan McMahon's defensive war was 1.4, and that Cabrian Hayes' defensive war was 3. I just don't understand how McMahon's defensive war was higher than Manny's. When McMahon, he had six more errors. He had 17 errors at third base this year. And he plays different positions, so he wasn't playing A ton of games uh, at third base, like all of his games at third base, like Manny was. He still played some games, I think at second, maybe some at first, but still had six more errors than Manny did this year. Had a lower fielding percentage than Manny, but he's put ahead of Manny. Like you look at the eye test, looking at the eye test between McMahon and Manny, you're telling me that you're going to put Manny ahead, or excuse me, uh, McMahon ahead of Manny? You're not. I know this award isn't based on eye test, but you, you can tell from the eyes, from your eyes, that Manny is a better defensive player than Ryan McMahon. I don't watch Rockies games all the time unless they're playing the Padres. McMahon didn't stand out when I was watching Rockies games defensively. And Manny makes plays that maybe don't go into the outs above average category because he makes him look so easy, I don't know. Look how I don't. I, I don't know how you know the stat cast. All of those stat cast numbers work, but again, just the eye test. Manny is. He deserves it over Ryan McMahon. Ryan McMahon made like 11 throwing errors at third base this year. I saw that on Twitter. 17 errors at third base this year. Manny had 11. Manny had fewer errors than Nolan Arenado. The defensive god, Nolan Arenado. Um, so uh, I just don't understand how McMahon is ahead of Manny in these finalists unless they're only looking at like the defensive uh, player index or whatever that's called, or they're only looking at outs above average. Um, like Cabrion Hayes, again, like 18 outs above average and Manny only had eight. That's just hard for me to. Really believe? Look, I don't know how a bunch of these stats are even measured, but again, Manny higher fielding percentage than McMahon, way fewer errors. Um, so I, I just don't get it. I don't, I don't get how Manny's defensive WAR is at zero, and McMahon's is at 1.4, and Hayes is at three, which is higher than Arenado, by the way. So it just doesn't make sense. Looking at the StatCast numbers, the arm strength, Manny's is in the 94th percentile. So that is great, obviously. Uh, if you know how our percentiles work, way above average. Um, and i just kind of speechless that Manny's not a finalist. It doesn't make sense. I don't care that Nolan Arenado is in the National League. That's one spot. There's three. So, don't understand. I think the numbers favor Manny over Ryan McMahon, but maybe the Rockies would try to. Rockies fans would try to cherry pick numbers to favor McMahon over Manny. I'm sure probably Rockies fans were surprised that McMahon was in there over Manny, or at least Hayes was in there over Manny. Again, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, moving to Jerks and Profar here. I'm going to do the same thing, comparing Profar's numbers to the three guys that were the finalists in the National League. So Profar on the outside looking in, and the three finalists were Ian Happ of the Chicago Cubs, David Peralta, started the year with the Arizona Diamondbacks, finished it with the Tampa Bay Rays, and then Christian Yelich of the Milwaukee Brewers. With David Peralta, I'll just say this straight off the bat here, for him to... He played the majority of his games, I believe, with Arizona, so I understand why he's on the National League side, and you have to put him on one side. But is that really fair to have a guy that played a good amount of games with the Rays this year in left field to be put to be in consideration for the NL when that's not even the team that he's finishing the year with? He finished the year with the Rays. So I'll just put that out there. Um, and now comparing numbers, I'll compare, you know, I had, I didn't really compare Arenado with Manny because Arenado, we can all agree that he was going to be a finalist. He's great. Um, I do think they overhype him a little too much. I think they, or maybe not overhype him. They should be giving Manny more play just like they give Arenado a lot of play. That's just me, I guess. Uh, but I'll, I'll compare Hap, Peralta, Yelich to Profar. So. Games played, Profar is 146 in left field, Peralta only 106, Yelich only 115. So that's that's a significant amount of more games played in left field, where obviously this is the position you're judging defensively. Um, and Profar has the edge there over Hap, over or same amount of same amount of games as Hap, by the way, actually. Sorry. 146. And more than Peralta, more than Yelich. Putouts. 229 by Profar, 215 for Peralta, 189 for Yellich. So he had advantage there. I know you can't really control that too much because you know if the ball's hit to you, okay? If it's not, then it's not. But that is a number, and so I'm just throwing it out there. Ian Happ had 274, so he had more than Profar. Um, assists. This is a huge stat. I mean, this is something that you kind of can control. I know you can't control what the base runner does, uh, if he's going to try for third on a play or try to get a double. But Profar this year, he blew out Yellich, Happ, and Peralta with assists. M- remember the play against the Dodgers, uh, throwing out Chris Taylor? You had that double. I forget what team they were playing. But doubles, off, I think it was twice in one game. It might have been the Nationals, that Sunday game. Double off the wall at the warning track. Spins all in one motion. grabs, spins. Throws to second, nails out, nails the runner. So um, he was tremendous this year in left field and assists. Ten of them this year as a left fielder. Ian Happ eight, David Peralta only two, Christian Yelich only two. So he has a huge advantage in that category. Uh, errors he had four, Happ only had three, Peralta two, Yelich one. But again, Profar did play a lot more games than Peralta and Yelich did in left field. So you can understand him getting one more or two more errors than them, you know, or three, you know, with Yelich and Profar. Um, fielding percentage, 984, which is barely below half. And it's, you know, Peralta's was 991. That's close to Profar. And then Yelich was 995. But again, Peralta and Yelich, they played much fewer games, many, a lot fewer games than Profar did. Uh, Outs above average, again, I don't understand how they're really calculating this, but negative 5 outs above average for Profar. I was kind of surprised at that number. Ian Hap, his outs above average was 1, Peralta's was 5, and Yelich was negative 4. So Profar's outs above average was close to Yelich. Playing more games, way more assists. Uh, outs above average success rate: 84% for Profar, 86% for Hap, 88% for Peralta, 86% for Yellich. Uh, attempts, I mean, you know, you can't really control that too much. But 287 for Profar, Profar, excuse me, 319 for Hap, 243 for Peralta, and 219 for Yelich. And defensive WAR, he was not last in this either. He was actually second. In defensive war among these left fielders here, he was at negative zero point three. Hap was at zero point eight. That led these four guys. Peralta's was negative zero point seven, and Yelich was negative zero point nine. So, Profar playing in more games than Peralta and Yelich, significant amount more games. Um, his defensive war was better than those two guys. Way more assists. Fielding percentage was pretty close. The outs above average was close to Yelich. And I I think Profar should be in there over David Peralta. I hit on it before. Peralta ended the year with the Rays in the American League. Not all of those defensive numbers were with an NL team, and it's the NL left field Gold Glove Award. Um, I guess you have to consider him on a spot, so they're going to go with Arizona, but I just don't think that's fully fair to Profar when he played all of the games in the NL with the Padres. And he played a lot more games than Peralta did the whole season, you know? Um. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring a laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. Profar had more putouts or yeah, more putouts than Peralta, eight more assists, better defensive war. Uh and then with Yelich, had more games than Yelich, had more assists, eight more assists than Yelich. Um fielding percentage was pretty close, outs above average was only one worse than Yelich. Uh his success rate was 2% less than Yelich and his defensive war was better, 0. 0.6 better than Yellich. Like, I can make a case for Profar being in there over Peralta and him being in there over uh, Yellich, to be honest. So, those are my thoughts. That's just me talking with the numbers. Uh, Profar and Manny being snubbed. Again, congratulations to Trent Grisham. He had that bad, like, week or so defensively, was dropping some balls in the outfield at Coors Field, but he, he gets really good jumps on balls. He deserves it. Jake Cronenworth, everyone knows my love for him. And, you know, don't hit it to the crone zone. He's been tremendous this year. Made that tremendous. I know this doesn't count towards the regular season, but he's made tremendous plays already in this postseason. Laid down that great tag on the Nola throw against the Dodgers. Um, I think it was game four on Saturday, early in the game, made a great running play uh, in shallow right field. Made a great diving play for uh, against Harper the other day, and I think that was game one. Uh, or it might have was it game one. Yeah, I think it was game one against the Phillies. So he deserves it. I mean, Hassan Kim, we know he deserves it. When I look at his defensive, or when I think of him defensively for 2022, I am immediately going to think of that play that he made against the Nationals on that Sunday day game, where he went running from shortstop down the line and. He almost jumped into the stands to make that catch on that fly ball. It was an amazing, amazing play. He, he then said after the game, it was fine. I have a six-pack, so I was good. But what a tremendous play. We weren't sure if he was going to be okay immediately after he made that play. I didn't have the best angle watching that play, but uh, that's the play I'm going to remember from ah Kim. For Cronoworth during the regular season, uh, the play I'm going to remember is against the Milwaukee Brewers where Nick Martinez was on the mound and Cronoworth made that amazing up-the-middle diving play from his knees throughout, uh, I forget, it was it Colton Wong? I think it was Colton Wong. But that play, uh, my mom made a shirt out of it. It saved the Padres there. Azokar, I believe, ended up walking off that game. Uh, it was early in the season. And that kept the game, I think, tied at that point. So that was huge. That saved the game for the Padres there against the Brewers. Um, And that was actually ended up being probably huge because they had the tiebreaker against the Brewers, you know, going to the end of the regular season. And we didn't know if the Padres were going to make the postseason. I know the Brewers were struggling there at the end. So the Brewers got in a loss on that Sunday game. But tremendous plays from Grisham, from Cronenworth, from Kim. Soto, uh, I mean, we don't have a, a ton of defensive memories from him. Most of that was with the Nationals. Uh, but he did make that one amazing play where he was cr- he crashed into the wall. I forget who it was against, but crashed into the wall in right field. Uh, was it against, I think it might have been against the Dodgers, actually. But it, I'm sure you can look that up on the internet or on Twitter or something. Or on emily.com uh, or whatever. It's up there. But that's the play I'm going to remember from Soto. So congratulations to those guys. Uh Manny, I just think it's a joke that he's not a finalist. And Profar, I know a lot of the attention is on Manny for not being a finalist. I mean, Profar was tremendous, I thought, this year in left field. And I thought he was better than what the numbers are saying, Uh, you know, defensive war-wise and outs above average. Uh I think he should do, He deserves it more than either Yelich or Peralta, and I think Manny deserves it more than Ryan McMahon. So that's my thoughts. I'll go through the comments here before we get out of here. Episode 255 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show brought to you by Gaglion Bros, famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries. Gaglionbros.com is the website. They're located on Friars Road, and they're also located inside Snapdragon Stadium and inside Petco Park. Hopefully, there's a Game 6. I'm confident that there will be a Game 6 in this Padres-Phillies NLCS series. It's going to be back and forth. I mean, I hope there isn't a Game 6 because that means, or for the Padres side of things, because that means that they sweep the Phillies in Philadelphia, win these next three games, and they can celebrate in Philly, and they're headed to the World Series for the first time in my life, for the first time since 1998, but, I do think the Phillies will get one. I think the Padres will get, hopefully, two. Uh, Then they send it back, possibility to clinch for game six. Uh, I think that would be against Zach Wheeler if it does get to a game six. So it would be tough, um, but maybe seeing him a second time around, that would help. Um, All right, getting to the comments here. I already talked about Jeffrey saying, I was a joke, Manny and Profar not being on it. Tupac13, that's some BS. Nate the Great says, Profar was quietly consistent. Manny was outstanding. No reason in hell Manny shouldn't be the winner, let alone a finalist. Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with that about being the winner. MVP this year, I know a lot of it was his offense, but it's not like he was terrible defensively this year. You know, it's not like he was spiking a bunch of balls in the dirt or or anything like that. Uh, His IQ's off the charts. I thought this year, could be the year that he knocks off Arenado. Fewer errors than him. It just felt like that could be the year, being the MVP candidate, but not even being a finalist? That didn't even enter my mind. I thought it was a slam dunk that he was going to be a finalist. Gill says trade pro far. I mean, that's not going to happen. I wouldn't think. He has a player option, I think, after the end of the season, so he might elect free agency. I don't think he does, but no, the Padre, he's the left fielder. Who are you going to trade him for? I think that's a bad take, to be honest. Yeah, this is a good point by Mills here. Manny will take a World Series over a gold glove any day. Yeah, he has not won one yet. Went to the World Series with the Dodgers, obviously, in 2018. He's looking at a bigger award, if that makes sense, over the gold glove. And that's getting that World Series. It's getting probably a World Series MVP, that award. Uh, Because that means the Padres won, right? They don't give it to the loser. So, uh, yeah, I I definitely agree with that take. And I'll take that too. You know, I I did this episode because I was just shocked that Manny wasn't a finalist. Same thing with Profar. But if we win the World Series, I don't care. I I could give... uh, I could not care less if Manny doesn't get the gold glove, if that means they get the World Series, or even if they get to the World Series. Katie says, maybe Manny won MVP, and that is why he isn't on the list. One can hope. Well, I mean, I understand. Like, I think Manny would take the MVP, too, over a gold glove. Um, Obviously, he would take the World Series over anything. I don't think he's going to win the MVP this year. And Nolan's going to be an MVP finalist, I would think. And he was a Gold Glove finalist. And he's probably going to go win the award. So uh, I don't think that's it. But yeah, of course we can hope that he wins the MVP. He's obviously the Padres MVP. I don't think that he wins the MVP. I do hope that it's him, Goldschmidt, and Arenado for the NL MVP finalists, though. And he at least gets that spot, that kind of shine at the end of the season. All right. That's going to do it. Talking Friars episode 255. I appreciate you tuning in here, listening, watching. Thank you so much. Ben Fan signing off. By the way, I did that breakdown on the Nola Brothers that is available on this YouTube channel, so check that out. I'll be back for a pregame show tomorrow, postgame reaction. See you everybody. Go Pods!